Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're here to plunder our way through this new regime, looking at what uh, what we've picked up in the last couple of weeks and what we foresee happening in Draft Month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... We're branding April as draft month because, Woo-hoo! in general, th- this draft is really something to look forward to. It the really Bears, is. The Bears have the ninth pick. They've got a bunch of picks in the second and early third round. So, a lot more exciting than last year. And Two-fourths, two-fifths. Yeah, a ton of picks. And now that we're through free agency, we've gotten a little bit better idea of what the roster looks like and what uh, positions still are going to be points of emphasis for this draft i think that's just what we wanted to spend the next few weeks on and during the month of april we're going to have some others on that do a lot more draft scouting than tom and i do but for now since our last episode before draft month i think the two of us just wanted to talk through what's happened with the roster so far and what we think is left to do and what we think the bears are likely to do so that's where we're going to start yeah, and so I was uh, looking, uh, you know, ov- obviously uh, the biggest buzz of anything is simply polls. Uh, you know, the, there's been a lot of uh, hard critique, uh, not in my, in my opinion, not deserved, but that's going to happen. Uh, and there, but, and there, but there has been some celebration of them, too. Uh, I mean, so... You know, with this kind of this kind of controversy, especially after what we just went through seven, you know, for seven years, it it, it has certainly separated people on the uh, on the Twitter sphere and and elsewhere in the internet. So I came up with a, a few little questions for us to review, and uh, the first question I had for Jim today is: put on your GM hat. And tell me what you do, what you feel like you would want at number nine. I I think that obviously you have to go on one of the lines. <laughs> I mean, the offensive line has been addressed a little in free agency, but there's still a couple of massive holes there. Defensive line, they've basically got to still completely overhaul. It was the worst unit in the league last year, and... They've added a couple of depth pieces, but no difference makers, I don't think. I think that if I'm the GM, though, I'm looking at this offense and saying, we've upgraded wide receiver, we've upgraded at tight end, we think we've got a solid running back room, we have the quarterback that we're looking to build around. I think I'm going to to add that tackle and saying that offensive tackle is one of the premier positions in football. We've got a chance to add a top 10 pick, most likely the first tackle that's going to be taken in the draft. Yeah. I think that's what I'm doing. And there's a couple that, uh, there's a couple to pick from, but the guy that I've kind of zoned in on is, is Paris Johnson from Ohio state. I think, I think that just makes too much sense. And you know that Ryan Poles really values athleticism and he really values traits. Yeah. And, and Paris Johnson's got that. He's, uh, the most, I think, athletic tackle in the draft. It's either him or Broderick Jones. But 
Johnson's measurables are all there. He was really productive at Ohio State. I think I saw he only allowed like two sacks in college, yeah, which is really impressive, especially when you consider he's going against Big Ten competition and was playing in the college football playoffs as well. He's got a relationship with Fields. I know he did really well at his pro day. So that's the guy that I've zoned in on. Uh, there's other alternatives too, but that's that's the guy that I expect the Bears to pick, and it's probably the one I would pick too. Just you know, not being an uh, offensive tackle expert, but just everything you read about him is positive and played uh, was very productive at a big time program in college, and I think that's the type of guy that I would like to target. Not to mention he's huge. Yeah, he's like what three hundred and fifty <laughs> pounds, and he, I think he's six foot eight, and he's fast. Yeah, um, and and that's one of the things that I was reading about him today uh, because Dane Brugler who, uh, for the Athletic put out his updated prospect list, and I think he had Paris Johnson at twelve, mm. so right around where the Bears are going to be picking. Yep. Um, and I think he had him at, at his as his second rated tackle behind Peter Skaronski. So. One of the top tackles in the draft, and I think that's going to be a position that Ryan Poles is looking to upgrade. I uh, wholeheartedly agree. Um, now, I was I was thinking to myself um, that it, it, when you look at those when when you look at the top three linemen there, um, it's like you said when when we're looking at linemen, especially college football, um, it's kind of hard for us to really. Um, we're, we're not so in depth that we can go and look at him and go, well, you know, he's really good at this technique or whatever, right? We just read the the measurables, yeah, the scouting reports, exactly. So, and honestly, I don't even do that much. I, like, <laughs> I, I usually I, I'll read I'll read a few articles uh, from draft analysts I respect. I have a general idea of who graded out well in the past season, but. I'm not really a big draft guy, so I'm going a lot off of what others have said. Well, uh, I think that it's interesting when you look at the three of them, um, as you as you mentioned, Paris Johnson and then Broderick Jones. Uh, I think Broderick Jones is definitely on the table. Uh, That's who Biggs had. You know, yeah, Biggs had him, and uh, the guy is uh, definitely true uh tackle and could you know maybe shift uh maybe play left or right but i also think that they're going to be looking hard at skaronsky too and the thing is is that you know skaronsky i mean number one you have to look at his his accolades and that is the way i understand it he allowed three sacks in four seasons and that's four seasons at left tackle at left tackle Where johnson i think played a season at right guard and yep. then i can't remember if it was one or two but he wasn't a left tackle his whole time in college no so. just as just as last year <laughs> now the reasons for that are, are obvious because skaronsky played at northwestern right where <laughs> it, it's not like he probably had a ton in front of him at, at left tackle where johnson was playing at ohio state where there's just five star recruits everywhere absolutely but it's an inch and i think it's going to be interesting to see how Ryan Poles approaches this because that's another just interesting thing is that we don't know what his draft thing is going to be yet. Yeah. Like with, with Brian Pace, it was always, I'm just going to trade up and sell the farm because <laughs> I've got guys that I like. And not that that's 
I mean, that's not inherently negative. It just didn't work out for him. And in the long run, it's not really a, a great strategy. But if you have somebody that you love and that person turns out to be a Hall of Famer, then that's, that's a way to do it. Yeah, but most of his were, what the hell? Yeah, that's trading up for a guy that went to Ashland College. Um, <laughs> Phil Emery's thing was he, he always had like these unorthodox early draft picks, right? And they actually, for the most part, worked out pretty well. I mean, he drafted Kyle Fuller, and everyone was like, who's that? <laughs> Turned out to be a really good bear. He drafted Kyle Long, and everyone was like, why would you ever take that and Kyle Long? I mean, he had a, a nice career. Yeah. Just couldn't stay healthy. Um, but... We, we didn't but have, he also drafted Mitch Trubisky. That, uh, that was Pace. <laughs> oh, Pace, yeah, part, pardon me. But anyway, it, it's just like, we don't we didn't get enough of, uh, I, I guess enough of, uh, 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 we, didn't, we weren't able to analyze what Pohl's draft philosophy really is last year because he didn't have any first-round picks. And yeah. In general, it just felt like he was just trying to add as many picks as he could towards the end of the draft, and he was kind of just spraying the board. Which, yeah. It is a way to do it, and I'll probably, he'll, wouldn't surprise you if he does that again this year in the later rounds, but we don't know how he's going to approach having a, a top-ten pick. So with Skaronsky, it's insane production, but the measurables aren't great. Yeah. And that's a philosophy thing. Some general managers are going to say, I don't care how long his arms are. He's played left tackle successfully in the Big Ten, and we think that he can do it in the NFL because we've seen him do it at the highest level that he's yeah. played at so far. Other GMs are going to say, no, I'm not drafting a guy there that has short arms. Yeah. And so we, we don't know. Most scouts that analyze the draft have Skaronsky as the best tackle on the board. But yeah. I've also seen a lot of them say, well, he's the number one tackle. But it, it, it's, it might be that when he gets to the NFL, you got to move him to guard. And then he's just a great guard. Well, all right. I mean, I, I don't love the idea of taking a guy at 10 if you see him at guard. Yeah. So it, it's just going to be interesting to see how it's approached because Paris Johnson's got all the athleticism. It's just he's only played one year at tackle, right? So it, it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out if the Bears choose to go offensive tackle in, in that top 10 spot. Yeah, so um, the other thing about Skoransky is I've read – He's an incredible technician. Right. Really great football knowledge, great feet, great pad placement, um, gets a lot of push. Uh, but, you know, it's like you said, uh, it, it, when, when you look at it's the arms, right? The arms are too short. Um, and Paris Johnson has that prototype left tackle body. Uh, and he, he, you know, but at the same time, uh, I've read that he's not one of the knocks on him is that he's not very much of a technician. Uh, he tends to pay, play with, uh, his pads too high, which, uh, you know, gives a, a tackle that kind of wobble, yeah. which you can get away with in college, but with the defensive ends of the NFL, they'll just swipe you right aside. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, he's got, he's got, and then you got Jones too. And so you, you've got three players there that you can look at. And this is where the fact that we have a GM who is a former NFL lineman, um, and his assistant GM is a former lineman. So 
I I put my faith in them to go ahead and, 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 and make the right choice there. I think that's what we're going to see. And I'm not putting out the fact that, you know, we could still see Jalen Carter there. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I haven't read anything about him being, a you know, a problem child. I haven't read anything about him that is character black marks other than this recent uh, traffic problem. And, I mean, while he did something that was not smart, it was a stupid move to, to be doing that, he didn't cause the accident. I mean, he, did, he didn't kill his friends. Um, so, do you, you know, do you... Do you look at it as well? You know, he 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 needs to get knocked down because of because of that. I don't know. I mean, it has to do with what his background has been. I mean, if he has been somebody that it's been a problem, you know, he's he's had run-ins, uh, uh, you know, a list of run-ins, yeah. right? Well, then that's something to look at. But if it was, if it's just this, well, that's kind of an aberration, and it's like you don't kill him because he. Because he made one mistake. Well, I think with him, it's going to be more of a matter of just where his head's at at the moment. I mean, I'm sure that he's going through, uh, well, obviously he's going through an extremely stressful situation. I'm sure, regardless of his level of involvement, I'm sure he feels guilty and yeah. is, is having, uh, I'm, that's just a, a really, really difficult thing to process. The fact that at some level he was at least involved in uh, the death of, his presumably yeah. his teammates and presumably his or his teammate and presumably his friend, right? So, it, it, the bigger thing with him is that it, it seems like the legal issues are not going to be uh, a problem. It doesn't seem like he's going to go to jail. It seems like that part of it's at least behind him. So now it's is he ready to be a first round pick in the NFL? Because we know he showed up to his pro day out of shape. Yeah, and I'm sure that's in large part due to what I just talked about, the fact that he's going through a extremely difficult time Agreed. in his life. So it's just, is he mentally there and ready to be a, a top 10 pick? And that's not something that we're going to be able to really speculate about, but that's, that's what the bears are going to have to consider. And I think that if he is ready to go by the draft, I don't think he's going to make it to the bears. I, I just think he's too talented to fall to nine and i just think that there's teams picking ahead of the bears that could use him and yeah. will take him if he is in a state of mind and a physical state to to play at that level still so if he's still there for the bears at nine it, it almost to me would suggest that there has been something else that's happened right. and that teams have just taken him off the board because if you take character out of it He's, by all accounts, one of, if not the most talented players in the draft. Yeah. And we're just going to have to see how the next six weeks go for him because we just don't have enough information to know. We don't know the facts of what he's going through. We don't. We haven't talked to him. We haven't talked to the people that he's been around in Georgia. Yeah. And we, we just don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, if he's, if he's there at nine and the Bears have judged that he is ready to play NFL football at that level, then it's going to be tough to be mad about drafting him from a talent standpoint. He's just too good of a player. Exactly. 
Yeah, I, um, if I mean, if I'm wearing the GM hat, um, I'm going tackle. Uh, I, I like, uh, you know, you've brought up multiple times about loading up on offense. Yeah, and I really like that. I, lo- I like that take. Um, friend of the show, Matt, who was on last week's episode, he's he's on board with that too. He yeah. he likes. Let's load up on offense. Uh, let's get all the pieces that we possibly can in place there. Uh, we certainly need stability to an offensive line that hasn't seen stability in literally decades. Yeah. Uh, so um, bringing in a top flight uh, lineman uh, along with uh, you know the free agent addition, the smart free ad- uh, free agent addition of Nate Davis, um, also. Bringing back Braxton Jones, uh, the, you know, the team likes him. And, uh, you know, suddenly that line is shaping up pretty well. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the, it, that's the thing is, is that right now the line is, nobody seems to know what position anybody's going to be playing at. Right. That's not a good thing. <laughs> so, and, and well, and that's interesting because... Typically, if you're drafting in the top 10, you're drafting at left tackle. <laughs> so, not always. I mean, the Eagles drafted Lane Johnson mm-hmm. at third, and he's a right tackle, and that worked out pretty well for them. But generally, if you're a right tackle, you're not going in the at the top of the draft. So, I, I wonder if if they're really as high on, on Braxton Jones as they've said publicly. I don't necessarily agree with that, but do they yeah. do they think, well... We've got a guy that we think can be a pretty good left tackle already, so we're going to wait and we're going to go somewhere else on the roster at nine, and then we're going to come back in the second round and take a right tackle. Could be. I wonder if that's how they're thinking about it, or if they're thinking Paris Johnson's too good to pass up, we're going to put him at right tackle for a year and see how that goes, or we're going to put him at left tackle on day one and we're going to see if Braxton Jones can play right tackle. There's all sorts of different scenarios that they can do and yeah i'm really interested to see how that all plays out because it seems like the plan on the inside of the line is that it's going to be nate davis at right guard and cody whitehair is going to move back to center yeah and polls brought that up kind of unprompted which makes me think that's where his head's at and then left guard is probably tevin jenkins which will be his third position in three years yeah fourth position in four years right because pace wanted him to play left tackle (laughs) so it's just a lot of moving parts and for an offensive line that was so terrible last year you are happy to see that they upgraded pass in, in the passing game yeah not, not in the not in the rushing game. true yeah they yeah. they were good at run blocking so so and you know the the, the thing is is that i agree with you we don't know what is going to happen with the the all the rookies from last year right um i i think braxton jones what he has done for himself is he's played himself into the starting conversation. What position that is at, you know, remains to be seen. Yeah. But I, I don't know how they don't look at him and go, yeah, he earned a spot uh, in the, in the starting group. At least a chance. Like yeah. day, day one of camp, he, he's going to be starting on the line. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting uh, at left tackle on day one of camp. And if, it, if, it might be, cause he has prototype size and it, yeah. And, for a rookie he played okay and if he takes the next step he's got all the traits yeah that's one of the things we talked about when they drafted him so 
it wouldn't surprise me at all if they are saying, hey, we're penciling him in at left tackle. If we draft a guy at nine that's a tackle, we want him, we're going to be drafting a guy that we think can play on the right side or can play both. And they're going to start him at right tackle as a rookie because no matter how talented you are, offensive line is a tough position to walk onto day one and just dominate, right? Like as a rookie, like there's always a learning curve at that position. Like you see sometimes wide receivers or corners or pass rushers, they can come in and basically day one, they're kind of ready to go. Sure. Offensive line, it it takes some time, even for the the top, top picks. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if if they draft a guy at nine and say, hey, we're slotting you in at right and we're going to have you compete in camp with whatever veteran tackle they bring in because they're still going to do that. They're still going to sign a veteran tackle at some point. Yeah. And then Braxton Jones is going to get day one reps at left tackle. And if he's if he struggles in camp, then you got time to rearrange that. Mm-hmm. I think that another thing that we've just learned about Poles and Eberflus, too, is that they value versatility, too. So right. I think whoever they draft, they're going to see as somebody that can play multiple positions. And maybe the best case scenario is left tackle, but... If that doesn't necessarily work out, they're going to want somebody that can can move around on the line. I think that's definitely something that they're going to to emphasize because there's so many holes on the team that it's tough to draft a guy that can only play one position because I think they're just going to value versatility and, and flexibility. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, uh, Poles and Flus seem to be showing that uh, we want we want guys that we can move around. Um, athlete first, uh, position second. Yeah. Uh, and you know, um, that's, that's today's NFL. Uh, you know, if you either adapt to that or, you know, you're going to be stuck in the stone age because that's, that's the way it's working now. When you got, uh, when you got offensive linemen and defensive linemen, uh, who can, uh, who are, who are huge, but, but can run a four or five, right? You know, they, they're over 300 pounds and they're, they're running a sub five, uh, 40. You can do a lot with that guy. And I think that's, I think that Tremaine Edward, uh, Edmonds is a perfect example of that, right? Yeah. Because, you know, people are, the first thing everybody wanted to do was pull out their calculators and immediately figure out exactly who was better, Roquan or, or Edmonds and how much money would they have spent and all the, and it's like, Guys, they're two different players. Uh, you know, Roquan Smith was great at being at the line of scrimmage, right? You know, and and it, it, he he could dominate there. Yeah. Edmonds though is six foot five. I don't I don't know whether a lot of people realize that. And he's one of the best uh, linebackers in pass coverage. Uh, he is. And when you go watch his when you go watch his video, which uh, Bears fans, if you if you have not watched it. Uh, ChicagoBears.com has a highlight reel of each of the new acquisitions. Really, really good watch. Uh, but when you see Edmonds uh, on that highlight reel, you can tell how long he is, yeah. right? I, I mean, he really has good sideline to sideline range. That's not something that Roquan had. Roquan was more along. Uh, staying in the hash marks, if you will, yeah. right? And and you know, it, and that's not that's not a criticism of uh, of 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 Roquan at all. Roquan is a great player. 
You know, and the fact that they couldn't work out a contract, they couldn't work out a contract, right? He got his money, and he's playing for a different team. Well, and the fact of the matter is, too, that timing matters here, and they wanted to trade Roquan because it helped them lose. Like, Ro- Roquan Smith almost screwed up the tank because he he picked off Davis Mills in that first game or that third game of the year, and the Bears beat the Texans because of that interception. So, are, are the two of them comparable players? I, I think so. I, I think, like you said, there there are differences. Yeah, and I, I think that number one, it matters that they wanted to get rid of good players on the defense at yeah. the time because they wanted to lose as many games as possible. They're not allowed to say that, but if you if you read between the lines, that's what they were doing. And number two, I just think that it also matters that Roquan Smith was being difficult about the contract negotiation, and the Bears felt he was being unreasonable. And for the second time, they just wanted a different player. I think that Ryan Poles just saw an opportunity to to get a good player off the defense in a year that they were trying to lose and get and get draft picks out of it something that pace never did and and now he's replaced him in a different year where they're not trying to lose right with with a comparable player who they're paying less money so i i I think that yeah it's obviously what a lot of people are going to jump to is well how does smith compare to Edmonds and who got the better deal it's like well you, you can't forget that the bears had to had 10 more games that they were purposefully trying to lose, which is why they wanted the good linebacker off the roster. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I made, when I was watching the uh, highlights, I made some notes here. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, height and length immediately noticeable. Excellent range. Great on the field speed and recovery. A true threat threat in coverage, even versus wideouts. Yeah. They they in the in that highlight reel, they show him on downfield on receivers. You can't do that with Roquan. No. Okay, and then I uh, I also made some notes on T.J. Edwards because I think that he is a great compliment. He is more of your Roquan mold of a linebacker, right? And Edwards. Hits can destroy his targets. Zeroes in like a missile. Those are both Roquan traits, right? Uh, good vision and awareness of the space around him. He's a little undersized. That's, a, that's you know, Roquan, even though Roquan didn't have the height, he, he had some serious bulk, right? He's pretty much beast. Edwards is a little, is a little bit smaller than that. Um, but, you know... What they're uh, what they're hoping is that between the two of them, they not only uh, they not only take up that spot that Roquan had those abilities, but they also add because Edmonds of uh, of his ability in coverage. Yeah, I think that's right, and they also got two linebackers for basically what the Ravens are paying Roquan Smith. Uh, it's pretty close. I, I think the Bears are paying. Four million more for Edwards and Edmonds yeah. compared to what the Ravens are playing for Roquan. And say what you want about linebackers, and I know linebackers are a rich history of the Bears, but linebackers aren't the premier position that you're like building your team around, right? Right. Like Edwards is a great tackling machine that adds value. Edmonds, I think, is going to be a really nice player in the middle of the defense. He's going to be a leader on the defense, and that's awesome. But 
you, you don't, there's a reason why you're not hearing a lot of teams drafting linebackers in the top 10 anymore, which is where Pace drafted Roquan Smith. Right. Like there, there's other more premier positions on your roster. And I just think that the two guys they signed are going to be really nice pieces of the defense, but there's more to do. I mean, right now, even with the, adding those guys, the Bears are still going to be a, a bottom tier defense because they don't have a pass rush and they don't have anybody in the middle of the defensive line. So right, right. There, there's much more to do, um, but I mean, it doesn't hurt to have good linebackers, especially when I, I think they're getting a pretty good value for uh, the two that they signed. I, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I, uh, I watched both of those guys. I like them a lot. Um, and remember... Uh, Edwards wore, uh, had the yellow dot when he was in Philadelphia, so he knows how to read some offense, and you know that's gonna that, that that'll be beneficial. Um, Demarcus Walker, defensive end. Now we're not expecting him to come in and be Julius Peppers, right? But uh, the way I understand it, I mean, I watched his highlights. Uh, primarily plays inside. Okay, so. He's, it looks like he's mostly going to be at that nose tackle position. Uh, very good initial speed, uh, initial speed burst right at the line there. Good power to get to the second level, shake that, uh, uh, shake that lineman off uh, once he gets close to the quarterback. Good space awareness of where the running back or the quarterback is. Um, I was really impressed watching video of him. Uh, he's, I mean, he he's not an all-star uh he's not a pro bowler but um he is going to be a solid upgrade to the inside of the line and we need that yeah he's an upgrade over al Quadin muhammad <laughs> so I, I agree i mean it's a, i mean I, I think that's true for both the guys they signed uh walker and billings right billings yeah andrew billings so i mean those are nice pieces i mean you, you needed more nfl players on the defensive line but there's more to do. They need difference makers there. And, and this is sure. going back to the draft a little bit. And we already talked about Carter. But a guy I mentioned a couple of weeks ago is Lucas Van Ness. And yeah. I, I, number one, he, well, he, he went to Iowa. He, he sounds like a very versatile player on the line. It sounds yeah. like for the most part he was playing on the outside but also has an ability to move inside and he's he's massive yeah which is prototype size definitely something you're interested in and i this i think he's 65260 and you know what else he is a huge bears fan <laughs> I, I i heard ryan Poles talking about how he likes to sign bears fans yeah and he's already sure. he's already signed 3, three. when you talk about uh, Edwards, Edwards um, Tunyon, and Schofield. Yep. And Schofield obviously didn't work out. That was also a, a bargain basement signing. But it was one of those things where I was like, I can't remember at any point in my life when the Bears signed a guy and he comes out and talks about how big of a Bears fan he is. And right. I think that's just because you don't have a lot of NFL players coming from the Midwest and the Bears have been bad. So it's not like you'd probably get a lot of people that are Bears fans outside of the state of Illinois. So the, the fact that he's signed three in a year, I was kind of like, <laughs> I, I was like, I wonder if that's just a coincidence, but then he came out and said, no, I, I think there's value there. It's like when, when you're, Playing for your your team that you grew I up rooting for, it's like you might you might put in that extra one percent or spend that extra half hour watching film or whatever. So 
I, I do kind of wonder if he's going to look at Van Ness and say, we have huge needs all across the defensive line. We've got a really versatile and athletic player that's got all the traits. He was productive at Iowa, and he is also a massive Bears fan. Yeah. And everybody's got him going in the top ten. Yeah. I, I do wonder if, if that's more of a, a lean there because – you need to upgrade the defensive line, whether or not you do it at nine or you do it in the second round, they're going to spend multiple picks in the draft, I think on defensive line. And I wonder if, if that's where they're going to go at, I, I've just been kind of thinking about that too. I, I, I talked about Paris Johnson earlier, but Van Ness is the other guy that I've, I've had my eyes on as somebody that I wouldn't be surprised at all. If, if he's a bear come yeah. draft day. Well, he's a true end and he's a true, put him in a four, three. Yes. Uh, and like you said, he does have that versatility that he can move inside. Um, uh, he has all the prototypes uh, that uh, Flus likes. You know, he's got that length. He's got uh, that, that good speed, initial burst. The, like you said, versatility, right? He, uh, he, 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 he has shown that. And, yeah, I like the attitude. I've always liked that if you can bring in a Bears fan. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people don't even remember that Jay Cutler – was raised a Bears fan. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he, he was. And, you know, I, I always thought about... He just didn't like football. He, I, 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 the, the part I always thought about with him was uh, how painful it must have been every time he lost to the Packers. Yeah. I mean, I mean legitimately. I, I, I mean, it must have been... Because those were always when we were playing the Packers, it's all. It seemed like that was always the game that he would try and do too much, and you know, and then he'd throw multiple picks, right? But it, it, it as a, as a as a true Bears fan, it must have been just a bitch to, <laughs> to have to lose to them, you know. Uh, and uh, but anyway, uh, shifting. Uh, speaking of the Packers. I do very much like the Robert Tunyon uh, acquisition. I think he is a great uh, addition to uh, uh, to next to Komet yeah. um, because he is the, in that more of that wide receiver kind of role. I I, I put um, a good combination of speed and size, uh, very good hands. When you're Bears fans, when you're watching that video. Wow, great hands. Uh, in, the, in that tight end slash wide receiver mold, good separation, and true red zone threat. Yeah, he had 11 touchdowns in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> he was kind of one of those guys where I was like, when, when I first heard they signed him, I was like, why would they do that? Because I, I, I guess I didn't realize, for, in my head, I, I had it that he was injury prone. But he played every game last year, and he had yep. 500 yards, which isn't great, but it's not like Green Bay was, was setting the world on fire last year. Right. So 500 yards in an offense that was kind of bad, it's pretty solid. And like I said, I mean, 11 touchdowns in 2020, it's just two years ago he was hurt. He only played in, in eight games. But has been a really nice part of that Green Bay offense. When I actually went back and looked at his numbers, I kind of must I, I must have just had – the wrong idea of him and yeah i think it's exactly what we were hoping for at tight end which is another option to pair with Komet and yeah just another another pass catcher to add to the room and i think right now when you look at offensive skill positions they're pretty much set i've 
heard some people speculating that they might go receiver at nine still, and I yeah. guess I won't rule it out, but I, I kind of don't think so just because they've already invested so much in this receiving core. I mean, say what you want about Claypool. They traded a, a really valuable pick to get him. They essentially told the Panthers, we want DJ Moore instead of a future first-round pick. Yep. So they've got a lot invested in their receiver room already, spending another first round pick on a receiver when there's so many other positions of need on the roster would surprise me. And unless they think that Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quinton Johnson is really special and in which or case Jordan Addison. Yeah. In which case then it would be hard to fault them if they got that guy. But I just tend to think they're going to go somewhere else yeah. with that pick. Yeah. And you know, um, I, I'm in agreement. I mean, uh, that was one of the things I wanted to t- uh, talk with you about is, you know, what you thought of the, the wide receiver group as it is right now. And uh, I think it's looking pretty good. I, uh, I agree. Um, I love the DJ Moore acquisition. Yeah. And I can't say enough times, Bears fans, <laughs> Poles went and got a number one receiver in a market that had no number one receivers. Right. I mean, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty amazing. And this guy is super pumped to come play with fields and play with the bears. He, he knows he's going to be the man and it takes pressure off of, uh, Claypool which I'm hoping translates with his, not only uh, it takes pressure off him, but it also, uh, you know, he's a, he's a savvy veteran, right? So I'm hoping that will, will help to develop Claypool because I still believe that there is a lot of talent to there to be had. Yeah, I agree. And DJ Moore, by all accounts, is just 10 out of 10 in terms of, leadership and character and just a a really 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 humble guy that just works his butt off and and has been insanely productive so you hope some of that does rub off i mean if if claypool can't be productive this year with other wide receivers around him with justin fields and in his contract year right then you might as well just wash your hands of it yeah he'll be a bounce around the leagues season by season guy and if it turns out it was a bad move i mean it happens but no, no GM is, is ever going to bat 100%. No. I mean, go fi- find any organization, whoever the best-run organization is, you'll, you'll find mistakes in the sure. draft and in trades and free agency. But like you said, I, I still think Claypool's got... Yeah, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bill Belichick drafted Nikhil Harry in the first round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so... Go uh, go at go ask the Packers how they're feeling about having to pay Aaron Rodgers eighty million dollars this <laughs> yeah. year, right? So organizations, you know, they 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 make mistakes in hindsight. It just happens. There's just a lot that goes into this stuff. But I, I still think Claypool with the offseason and with that talent, I mean, y- you hope he he's able to get it to click because it's all there athletically. Yeah, and we saw flashes of it in that first game. He was with the Bears when they just said, "Go get open." before he learned the playbook, he was making plays in that game against Miami. And then for whatever reason, it just, you know, it, it didn't happen the rest of the year, but I, I'm hopeful still. I, I, I am cautiously optimistic that 
that is not going to just be a total bust of a move. Yeah. And, you know, if he's decent this year and a team wants to give him a big contract and the Bears just didn't get a great return on the investment, then so be it. You learn from your mistake and you, you try not to let one mistake turn into two, I guess, right? Because right. what you don't want is to say, well, we traded a, a second-round pick for him and he's been okay, so now we're going to double down and give him a huge contract. If if it just turns out that it was a bad move, then... It's <laughs> Thanks, a, Ryan Pace. Yeah, if it just turns out that it was a bad move, then it was a bad move. But there, there's still a whole season left before we can say that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, there ha- also has been some talk about uh, about Mooney. Uh, you know, what... What are they going to do? Are they going to are they going to re-sign him this year? Are they going to let him play out his deal? Uh, is he in the uh, is he in the 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 Bears of uh, polls vision of the Bears for 2023, 2024, 2025? Uh, you know uh, what, what is what is his spot going to be? I really hope that he sticks. I'd love to see polls. Give him a new deal. I love to see a player that works his butt off, and that guy works his butt off uh, on a on a completely different level. Um, and I think that when you look at that group, you suddenly have uh, you have DJ Moore as your one, and then you have versatility with Mooney and Claypool, and then you add in Komet and Tanyan, and suddenly. This group is not, is is looking very decent. Yeah, I mean, when we talked about skill position last year, we were saying this is the worst in the league. <laughs> so, is it the best right now? No, no, because they don't have one of the elite elite wide receivers. Right, and that's fine. I mean, they, they, I'd say it's probably middle of the pack, maybe slightly above that. Yeah, when, when you talk about at least talent. Because this is assuming that Claypool is good this year, which is a big if, but I, I, I think... He's certainly better than last year. All you have to do is look at his... I went and looked at his numbers uh, you know, before he came with the Bears, and his numbers were decent. Yeah. I mean, were they less than they should be for his level of talent? Yes, but they weren't as bad as what happened. Yeah, like it, I've I've heard people saying that he wasn't productive in Pittsburgh. Like that's just wrong. No, that's he, wrong. He he was he had I think eight hundred yards a year. Yeah, which for first three years in the league is is pretty pretty decent. Yeah, it's, like you said, it's it's not what it probably could be when you look at just his uh, athletic gifts. But what are you? But it's do? not awful. Yeah, and and I and I don't think he's going to be awful here. I think I think that. At a minimum, assuming health, he's going to at least have a, a pretty productive year next year. But yeah. assuming that's right, then you've got two wide receivers that are, you know, kind of good. And then Mooney, you hope he comes back. The thing with Mooney is, I don't know that he would want to sign an extension right now because there's so many questions about his health. He'd be he'd be going in at kind of his low point from a negotiation standpoint. So. We'll see. I, I hope that he's fully recovered and ready to go by camp. I haven't heard anything about that, but I I, I don't I, I don't know either. I just know that you know he's one of the players that is that is at that point uh, where you look at uh, getting him on an extension. Uh, I definitely think that uh, Komet needs to get an extended uh, this year. 
uh, as opposed to as opposed to waiting to next year. We'll have to see, you know, how that all progresses. It I don't shock think, me if he has a big year next year. Come at. I, I I wouldn't doubt it either. Um, I like I said, I really like this Tanyan uh, acquisition because I feel like he is a different type of tight end, and I think the two of them together really give you a, a lot of again versatility, right? Um, uh, so uh, one of the players I did want to also touch on is I wanted your take on. Dante Foreman. Uh, no, actually, I think it's Deontay. It's Deontay Foreman. Foreman yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I was a little surprised. I mean, he seems like a, a good running back. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't seem like they necessarily tied up a lot of money in him. So, I think that if if you think he's a slight upgrade over Montgomery, I, I think he's faster than Montgomery, right? Yeah. And I, I think they got him for a little bit cheaper than Montgomery got with the Lions. Yeah. So I think that's... Oh, no, he's quite a bit cheaper than what Montgomery got with the Lions. So then I, I think it makes sense. You sub out a, a player that probably got overpaid a little bit for, for somebody that could probably be about that same level of production. And they have Khalil Herbert, and they have Travis Homer, and I'm sure they're going to draft another running back at some point this year. So I think it's a, an all right signing. I, I guess I don't feel all that strongly about it, but I, I think that it makes sense when you think about the discount compared to Montgomery I uh, do have some strong feelings about it and that is I really like this signing <laughs> okay um, this guy has a serious beast mode level yeah six foot he's six feet tall 235 pounds uh, I there's if you bears fans if you go watch the highlights of him, he shakes off linebackers. Okay, uh, the, one of the problems with uh, Mont with Monty was uh, he got stopped at the line or behind the line many times. This guy can not only run around you, but he can run through you too. Uh, you know, he last year uh, two hundred three attempts for nine hundred fourteen yards, a four point five yard average. Uh, yeah, just remember Monty was at three. And that's 914 in Carolina, where for the first seven games or so, he was behind McCaffrey. Right. So that's pretty productive. Now, now the one thing that, um, you know, he, he's not big in the passing game. That's, uh, you know, what some people are going to look to. Um, but, uh, he, as a, as a complimentary back, I don't think we're certainly done at, at running back, uh, we do have Herbert, and now we have Foreman. Uh, I still see us taking one in the draft. Um, uh, friend of the show, Chris, brought up an interesting player, Evan Hull. Yeah, so that's what I, I was actually going to ask Chris about that when we talked about him. Because I've heard that a lot on Bears Twitter. Yeah. And I was wondering, like, is that just somebody that people want because he went to Northwestern? Or is he actually good because i've seen a lot of people saying this is going to be like a sixth or seventh round pick well that's the thing is when i first went and looked at his numbers i was not impressed at all i was like oh well i don't know he seems like a very mediocre guy well uh what you have to do is you have to go look at his numbers in the receiving column okay not in the rushing column and when you see the receiving column it suddenly becomes clear as to why he might be a favorite. So 
For one thing, size. 5'11", 210 pounds. Good size, right? But this is the big part. In 2021, he caught 33 balls for 264 yards, uh, average of 8.0, two touchdowns. 2022, 55 catches for 546 yards at an average of 9.9 for a running back. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and uh, two touchdowns. So the, uh, when, when I was talking with Chris, Chris said he's a violent runner. That's the, that's the particular adjective that he used. Okay. And when uh, I went and watched some uh, highlights of him, he does have some, he's got one of those necks that kind of looks like a tree trunk. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the, the real interest there is last year, remember, they went and got Travis, um, uh, Homer, uh, not Travis Homer, um, even, oh, Ebner. Uh, they went and got Travis Ebner because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, he, well, he looked terrible. In every aspect of the game. Um, this guy looks like the kind of guy that they can bring in. And that's specifically w what they're going to use him for. And when you think about that aspect of it, suddenly it looks like, wow, you have, you could put two running backs out there, Deontay Foreman, who's your beast mode. And then you have Hull who can catch the ball, the backfield and, that combined with fields really opens up the offense. Yeah, and the other thing about running backs is people are going to say that's a lot of running backs. And one thing you just learn watching the NFL is like running backs they they play. They play. They they it's just, there's just so many injuries. And you can lose one at any moment. There's so many injuries of that position, and it's such a, a difficult position to be to have longevity at that. You need four or five to get through a season. Absolutely. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the route they go in like the sixth round and they say, hey, this is a pass-catching running back that we really like out of Northwestern. The other guy, and I saw this was the title of last week's episode, which I have not listened to yet, but I do wonder how, how Velas Jones fits into all this <laughs> because he was drafted as the kind of guy that would be kind of that gadget player that would – be a receiving threat out of the backfield where you just design some plays and get him into space. Now he, he had a terrible rookie year. There's just no way around that. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. If, if yeah, he, had a, he had a few good moments. He had some flashes towards the end. He got a little better, but, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. If he, if he struggles in camp again, they could wash their hands of that. It's probably not out of the, it, it is not, it would not be that unusual to cut a third round pick after a year. If it just sure. doesn't work out, but I think that I still believe in the, the speed and the size. I do, too. And if he can get some of his ball security issues solved over an offseason and maybe get a little bit of a fresh start because he was injured all at camp and maybe he was pressing and maybe he was just doing too much as a rookie, I, I think that if he is able to get some of that behind him, the talent is still there. And it's still somebody that could be a weapon kind of out of that backfield or is more of that fourth receiver slash gadget player type of yeah. type of deal. So that that's somebody that I'm really going to have my eyes on as we get into training camp in a few months is just how they plan to, to utilize him and how they plan to kind of get him 
behind that just awful rookie year. It's one of the worst rookie years I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, they they lost. He he was a, a big part of two or three losses just because of his turnovers. Well, and I mean, there's no way around it. He was a reach. Uh, the way I understand it is actually they were looking at him being a fourth uh, a fourth rounder, uh, but we didn't have a fourth rounder because they they traded it. So I uh, the way I understand it is. Uh, Poles went ahead and pulled the trigger in the third round. Obviously, you know that was that was too soon because um, and he did it because he didn't think that Jones would be there in the fifth. Okay. Um, Jones probably wouldn't have been there in the fifth. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he certainly can be useful as a as a punt returner, as a kick returner, as a gadget player. Uh, there is no doubt about his football speed on the field. He is fast uh, now. That, how they how they mold that going forward? It like you said, it will be a big part of whether he's useful or not. And yeah, if it, if nothing comes to fruition, I could see them easily dumping him. Right? Yeah, exactly. It was what I was talking about earlier. It's just we made a mistake. It didn't work out. Move yeah, on. I mean, I hope not. He seems like a nice kid. He's the kind of guy you want to root for. Um, just had a really bad first year, so. Maybe with an off season and with the benefit of health, you can turn that around a little bit because he's somebody that you want to see. You want to see succeed. Number one, because they spent a third round pick on him. But yeah. Number two, he just seems like the type of guy that you want to. And he you want with around. with that speed, he seems like he could be an on field weapon. And he made plays. It's just that ten yards down the field, when somebody hits him, he, he fumbles the ball. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's something they can solve. I, I hope so. Well, and you know. Uh, uh, wasn't his first play um, that uh, uh, they were at the five and he he took the ball around the end uh, on a run for a touchdown? Yeah, that does sound. I right. think that was his first play. Was that him or is that St. Brown? No, it was him. Okay. And uh, you know, so I I mean I I think all Bears fans would agree that when you watched him on the field when he was running he certainly has. Uh, you know, run forest run. He has he has some real football speed, but yeah, ball uh, um, ball ball control uh, catching and, the ball is the other thing. Yeah, he that that ha- that can't be the way it was last year, right? So, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I wanted to point that out about Hull. Um, you know, eighty eight catches uh, in two years uh, is, is is certainly something that I. I it seems like the kind of fit. Uh, as and by the way, uh, Hull uh, for his um, uh, for his last two his last two years when he was the full time starter, twelve games uh, plays from scrimmage, two hundred twenty nine for twelve seventy three. Uh, his last year as a senior, two hundred seventy six touches for fourteen fifty nine and seven touchdowns. Yeah. So he he could certainly be productive and. He seems like a guy that we could get in the third, uh, maybe maybe in the fourth. I was seeing him as like a sixth or a seventh round. I, I don't think he'll go that late, um, simply because you know Poles isn't going to be the only one that looks at it and goes, "Holy crap! He caught eighty-eight balls in the last two years." He's also from uh, he's from Maple Grove. Oh yeah, Minnesota. Oh, absolutely. So. Um, you know, he's a Northwestern player, so... Um, maybe, maybe his family will come to Allery's. Uh, <laughs> that no, could happen. No idea if they still live here. That, 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 that could happen. But, um, yeah, I, I do like him. So, uh, so moving on. Um, 
the uh, the the next part, we were uh, you know obviously we were talking about the fact that April is draft month. Uh, ESPN today uh, put out a new seven round draft. Uh, it's by Jordan Reed. Uh, if you read uh, Jordan Reed, he's been with ESPN for the last few years. They're trying to kind of get him in the uh, draft group. Uh, and at pick nine, he has the Bears taking Broderick Jones. Um, as, uh, as as Jim said, and, and I uh, agreed, uh, he certainly could be the guy. Um, you know that they that they look at. Uh, I do like the idea of them taking a tackle at at nine. Yeah, it's tough to argue. Um, so, but I haven't looked at the rest of this uh, at the rest of this draft. So let's see um, now. Now, so this is interesting because uh, I do want to get your take on this, Jim. Um, when Matt and I were talking last week, uh, there's a 44 pick gap. I think it's 44. Uh, between nine and their next pick, right? Yep. And you know that's that's because of the Claypool acquisition. Um, and Matt and I both agreed there's very little chance that Poles waits that long. <laughs> really? So you I, think I, he's going to package a couple of those and move up? Yeah, because I mean it's it's such a large gap at in the second round. You know, I mean we're going from pick nine. Uh, so a high first round pick, missing all the rest of the, the the first round, and then missing most of the second round. So yeah. what do you think? It would surprise me. Uh, and, and actually, I, I could see it going the opposite way, where he tra- really where he trades down that first round pick again. Okay, and just tries to get more picks. I, I just think that there's still so much to do here. Yeah, and you just have to add so many more players that I, I just. I think that you, unless he like finds someone that he like loves, loves that's going to go in like the mid second round, which is possible. We don't know if there's somebody that he he has his eye on there, and in which case it wouldn't shock me. But yeah, it seems like he's very much of the mindset still where it hasn't felt like he's wanted to take that big swing yet, right? Which is why I think that they didn't spend a ton of money in free agency. They didn't go out and overpay for Orlando Brown or McGlinchey or some of these other guys that got these huge deals. Yeah. He seems like he, he's... And that looks like it points towards tackle. Right, exactly. Draft. So, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't... I don't expect him to move up. I, I think that he's going to want to keep as many picks as he can. But also, if he if he loves a guy yeah, in, the, in the early to mid-second round, like I said, it wouldn't shock me either. Uh, that, that's kind of the thing. It's like all we have to go off is that first draft where he just moved back and moved back and moved back, but he was also moving back in the late rounds. Yeah, which, yeah. Which is different because in the late rounds, you're kind of throwing a dart at a board and hoping you hit something. Yeah. In the earlier rounds, you want to be a little bit more targeted. So Yeah, and so like I said, it is. It's a 44-pick um, uh, gap there. Uh, that's a lot. That, that's, a, that's a long spot, long dry spell. Um, now what I was thinking is that, so after that long drive spell, then he suddenly has three picks. Right. And I think that I could see him packaging, um, some of those, uh, even I could also see a deal where he, 
accepts moving down a little bit in the first round and then gives up one of those seconds. To move up. Yeah, so he moves back a little bit in the first and then he makes a jump up in the second. So you get a little bit more. And I think that is for an end or a tackle on the defense. Um, I, I, I don't think we come out of this draft without... Uh, making an addition there. And now in this, in this particular uh, mock draft, um, picking at 53, he selects Isaiah Foskey edge from Notre Dame. So, but I mean, could you see that as a scenario? Yeah, I could see trade uh, up a little or or down a little and just go like offensive tackle and center. Right. Like (laughs) just, Really, really, really invest heavily in the offensive line and say, hey, in this draft, our priority is, is fixing our offensive line. So yeah. that we've then got our quarterback, we've got receivers. Center is, is I mean, it, right now, would you would you say we're set there? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I, I think that Whitehair or Patrick is probably who's going to be the starter, and I think those are one-year situations. I, I think that they're still going to look to address that from a long-term perspective. I mean, Whitehair is a nice player. He's been here a long time, but number one, he, he can't snap the ball. <laughs> you know, I've always wondered, am I the only person that thinks that he's not that great at center? It's, it's kind of an important job. Now he's going to be replacing Sam Mustafer, who also can <laughs> snap the ball. So uh, it, it, it's tough. To, it'll be an upgrade at least, but I, I think that that's kind of a stopgap at this point, which is that, hey, that's a veteran presence. I still think they're going to draft a, a guy that they see filling that position long-term and tackle we've already discussed. So I, I think they will go heavy at, at D-line too at some point in the draft, but I, I just think that they're going to really focus on that offensive line because I think that's what Ryan Poles is going to think is, is more important at this point. And I don't I, – when you look at the Bears' win total, right, these just came out – it's seven and a half. Yeah. So that's still pretty bad. Yeah. So I, I think that they're going to approach it kind of like we've talked about, which is that let's get our offense in order. Let's get that thing humming and then we can fix the defense later. Well, I, I uh, certainly agree with you uh, as far as drafting center. Um, I, I don't feel like we have a center right now. I thought it was going to be a really nice acquisition with Lucas Patrick last year. Obviously, that that didn't turn out. I don't know what the situation is with him uh, moving forward. Um, he's an older player anyway. Not super old. I think he's 28 or 29. He'll be back. But um, but I would love to see a good young center come in. I still like the idea of Kramer being our center. Um, I just don't know whether you know he has what it takes to 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 be a center at the NFL. I don't level. think you can count on it as a sixth round pick that missed his entire rookie year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he if he comes back, great. But I just I don't think that's the plan. I don't I don't think it is either. Uh, I obviously I like uh, the kid from Minnesota, um, and you know if they did do some kind of deal where he could move up in the second round. Maybe he does get, um, what's the kid's name? Schmitz. Schmitz um, from Minnesota, right? Now, and, and, you know, maybe he does, you know, there is word that Schmitz could end up in the, in the latter half of the first round. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But there are centers to be had in this draft, and I think that uh, 
that's certainly a play uh, a player position that I'd like to see him address. Yeah, it would be nice to just have a, another Olin Krutz or Jason Kelsey or whatever. Just guy that's just going to plug in there. Roberto Garza did a good job at be, center. Be there for ten years. Yeah, because that that position's just been a position I need for the Bears for for far too long. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I think that um, uh, I think right now. Uh, so far this this off season, I've been pretty pleased with how Poles has done. Uh, when you look at the amount of starters that he has brought in for the team, um, and they're I don't feel like the only player I feel like maybe he paid a lot a little too much for is Edmonds. But then you know I looked at it and it's like, well, uh, he still paid less than he paid for Roquan, and uh, he got a guy that is uh, that has is still very young and is a, a five-year veteran so hey, it's tough to nitpick that one he's yeah. a really good player that they got on a reasonable deal yeah i think so too well um so that's it for this week uh bears fans uh, a lot more of this coming over the next month yeah and a lot gonna, more of this coming um, and we're gonna and have people on that actually know what they're talking about <laughs> yep we will have some uh guests uh on and uh we are gonna have a draft special so uh, keep uh, tuned for that. Yeah, thanks for listening to this one. Uh, Berda. Berda.